Howdy folks, welcome to a slapdash, hurried, not hurried, but a fun episode of Pubcast because we are not in the pub, we are on Skype. Um, because, we're still drinking, yeah, we're, we're skipping. We're still drinking, as always I'm Wayne. I'm Kim. <laughs> I was waiting, I'm Darren. <laughs> um, so we are, uh, <clears throat> we are, we, we decided to get together and do a Skype Pubcast because there's a lot of stuff happening at the moment, we're all very busy. Uh, and also Dublin Comic Con is this weekend so we had to get an episode in before then um, to kind of talk about what's coming down the line and what what each of us are doing and who's going and who isn't and who's prepping for stuff we've also done a lot of stuff since the last time we've actually recorded because we've been playing the Dungeons and Dragons campaign and that's gone up as a pubcast as well and we've got a few other bits and bobs that we've thrown up on the website and on the feed so this is this is just kind of like a, a we're catching up with each other catching up with you guys and uh, we're going to go through what we've been doing and what we what we have coming down the line the next couple of weeks so you guys had a good couple of weeks we have. I'm a stay-at-home parent, so the summer holidays are also my summer holidays. If you know, if everybody in the house are still in pajamas at twelve, when that's that's the stakes. Um, it's been it's been pretty great. We did a, a, our friends who live in civilization came down with their kids and their dog, and we camped in one of my father's rando fields, <laughs> and they had the most amazing time of their entire lives because it doesn't really take much when you're that age um, at one point the kids were all it was uh, lashing down we were all uh, the kids were in the tent happy as clams pretending to be Pokemon and the oh. adults were outside in full rain gear toasting marshmallows for <laughs> us to eat <laughs> not for the kids but it was Oh, well, you see, they'd already eaten so much shit by that time that we thought it might send them over the edge. But we had to try them because they were like fist sized. I saw them in the supermarket. Oh, it was yes. like an adult's fist. And I'm like, I'm not leaving these bitches here. How long did it take I don't know that I don't know that I because they were so big, you had to stick them back in for another go once you got the outer shell toasted. <laughs> oh, they were double they good, were double dippers. We, we, yeah. we lost yeah, we've lost our irons for eating that much sugar, so it's crap. But we did have some rather nice brews while standing in a in the pissing down rain. But that's all part of camping. That's what I love about camping. In Ireland, yes, it is part yeah, of camping well, in Ireland. If it's, you're shocked when it doesn't rain, you know? Like, that's true. Although, no, we're Irish, we're shocked when it rains as well. <laughs> Although, you know the all the Banshee stories, um, Banshee stories... The this the random screaming you would hear in fields at night, um, were conjured by people that didn't have a flashlight to point and find out what was out there, you know. And normally it was mating foxes or hares or barn owls. And before these kids came over from their nice housing estate, uh, I had to just tell them that we had all the screaming animals in just that field. So watch out but we so, didn't hang on did you not scare the shit out of them with horror stories no they're kind of grizzly kids they're like i bet you were and i bet darren was where they're just like you know start out at roll dal and then get radicalized and head on to you know watch tim burton killing kids and then it just goes on and on but they're kind of yeah they're kind of gruesome they're they're great I still love camp camp horror stories, though. I still love the, yeah, you know. I mean, right. I, I may have been a grisly kid, where I, but I, I skipped to Tim Burton. I did like Tim Burton when I was younger, not so much now, but I skipped to Tim Burton, 
killing kids thing and went straight into full-on massacre films. So, I mean, right. I did I did go from Roald Dahl and reading Boy and reading about his nose falling off in a car crash and straight to um, straight to the late Nightmare on Elm Street at a very young age. You know, so, oh, you know, very good. Um, well, this tale, Roald Dahl's Tales of the Unexpected was the first thing oh, yeah. that... Yeah, they're so good. Do, I do, 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 Oh, I remember that, yeah. Do, 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 do. I didn't know it was Rodal, yeah. though. Yeah, Rodal wrote a lot of those. I don't think he wrote all of them. He wrote most of them. Um, I think... Yeah. I think I, I, I don't the ones he wrote as a book, anyway. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been a camping incident where we haven't told scary stories, even at a young age. Like, like I know, like, even before, I, I have my... The first time I watched a horror movie was was back to back killer clowns from outer space and uh american werewolf in london and i w- actually was in england and i was so young i thought i was near london but i was in uh, northampton which is all the way <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Time, i was like 13 i think and i was i was as tall as i am now so i was able to go to the video store and rent these but like even before that before i, I seen my first horror movie yeah. I remember telling ghost stories. I think that's part of the thing. They're not horrible ones, but you know, like the other thing is what else? We've got you know foxes. There's that monster in the pool, and they're like what? And you just go on, and you you don't mention the monster anymore. You know, the Irish fairy stories, the stories about the she, are so fucking good. Like you're you're eight, and you're hearing about how fairies stole a baby and replaced it with a fairy baby. Yeah, fucking changelings. 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 Yeah. So good, so yeah. good. Robin brides on their wedding night out of spite because somebody cut down a lone tree. These bitches go in. Oh, full on, full on pre Freeman up in a fairy ring. Good luck to you. But um, I still yes. put them up at the ground. Even if we're in a forest or in town, well, there's another reason. But I, I remember as a kid, if I ever seen a comb in, in in the wilderness, as we used to call it, it's all now houses, and you seen a comb, you'd be telling your friend, "Don't pick that up, Banshee." You know. Oh yeah, See, they were they were the urban legend banshees, like broken broken combs in, a, in an industrial estate. You know, yeah. they, they they'd come and rob your hubcaps. They come and rob your hubcaps. When you say it like that, yeah. But you know, like like we in Dublin, we had like when growing up for me, um, it was always the Hellfire Club up in the yeah, mountains. Same here. Oh, yeah. The stories of the Hellfire Club up in the mountains where it was like the devil appeared on a certain time of the year or every night at midnight. There was always different variations in these urban legends and it was like, you know, it was it was it was something that you always listened to and and then when you got to a certain age when you were older when you when I was in the scouts or um we go camping and stuff. It was always a yeah. a big thing where we were. There was always the creepy element of being near woods or like yeah. wherever you went and camping in Glendalock, Lockdown, all those type of places. Glendalock, yeah. Nice, yeah. Looking. yeah, there was always local horror stories that you always heard from from whoever worked in the area at the campsites. There was always these creepy tales yeah. that were ver- different versions of the same story. But the Hellfire Club I was the big you one. you always know which kids you can, you can tell these to as well. I mean... Even even now, these these kids that stayed with us, they would be here for it. But other kids, I wouldn't subject to that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It was good. It depends, yeah. Good. I'm surprised that speaking of horror movie, like, you know, take from your own. I'm surprised no one's ever done a kind of knockoff version of the Hellfire Club. Like, I, for one, remember yeah. hearing stories of, like, you know, what I remember is that that used this is one of the Yale tales. It used to be people used to go there to gamble because it was against a lot of gamble. And one time someone was there and he was gambling and this stranger came in and started winning and it was just down to him and someone else 
And, and you know, like, and the stranger said, well, you've got no more money, but how about you bet me something like your soul? And your man laughed and says, yeah, I, I, and he drops something and he goes down to pick it up and looks, looks under the table and sees clothes and hooves. And, you know, being he, <laughs> so scared of that, he knocks something, it causes a fire. And that's why the Hellfire Club is no longer a club. But that was the first tale I heard about that place. But I'm surprised, I've heard loads over the years. I'm surprised that no one has ever done anything with it. You know? Yeah, it'd be such, it'd be so ripe for it. I don't think any of the improper, uh, spooky fairy stuff either has been appropriated much in general culture. Like, I know fuck all about X, uh, the X-Men and stuff, but they have, like, they have Banshee and stuff, and is it just like... They, ironically just, enough, they actually have a Hellfire Club as well. Um, they do, yeah. Oh. Also, well, talking but about... it's never done right, is it? No, it's no, it's but it's nothing to do with the Irish lore of it, and uh, it's just the no, name right. is kind of cool. But if you there's actually a podcast called Lore by Aaron Mankey, which I listen to religiously. It's a phenomenal podcast about folklore, and it, there's a lot of Irish right. stuff in there. A lot of Irish stuff in there. Um, they do a lot of the earlier episodes deal with the changeling idea and um, puka and all this different type of stuff for Irish folklore. Um, so yeah, like yeah. There's, there's there's loads of shit out there about Irish folklore. There's books on it. There's there's other podcasts, as I've said, and there's websites riddled with it. And it all comes back from yeah. like fairy stories and you know. And yet, no decent, like no, no, like um, like no decent films about anything like that. No Grainne Whale movie. No, no, you know all this this bullshit. It's no. just. They don't seem to be able to. Well, I mean, I, I, I've got plenty of short stories written about Irish horror, but and we even reenacted one as a podcast special one Halloween when we did Whispers many moons yeah. ago. We did a Halloween special where we kind of it was a half a pubcast, half an audio play where we all got taken by ghosts of nuns from a from a torn down nunnery in 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 Kilishandra. But I mean, there's there's, there's loads of lore out there but they've never done the the, 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 the only thing that, and it's horrible it's absolutely the shittiest one of the shittiest of shit horror movies ever made uh, is an right. Irish horror film called Shrooms oh, oh it's oh, yeah. Jerry it's name for it's fucking <laughs> yeah, what the terrible God, and that is that's kind of the only thing that's anywhere Hollywood that has mixed a bit of that in um, or or the only other one that actually got it right and still terrifies people to this day is Darby right. O'Gill and the Little People? Yeah, that little bit in the yeah, it's scary. With the banshee oh, at the first See. at the first uh, hurdle. Oh no! Am I about to say something? Because I know something is leprechauns, but. I suppose if you see them as just fairies, <laughs> well, come on! Like, there's no technically there's no such thing as banshees either, but they've got leprechaun. So, like, I mean, that's the whole Darby and the little people. But that's the end. true. I'm kind of being gatekeeping about Irish yeah. uh, Irish, Irish folklore. <laughs> but I mean, Darby O'Gill and the little people is a staple of Paddy's Day. It's like it's on nearly every Paddy's Day, even though it's got nothing to do with Paddy's Day, except the fact that it's like it's Irish high die diddly Disney oh film. Oh my god! Sean Connery oh in his god. first Kevin Smith was. Was trying to trying to pander to us once, and it was the most fucking painful thing I've ever heard. He was, he was letting us have his authentic taste of Ireland, and you're just like, dude, shut up, dude, stop talking. <laughs> oh my god, Paddy <laughs> Wackery. I I think yeah. I find Paddy Wackery very difficult to put up with, but then I find most things difficult to put up with. So I don't know why I'm surprised. Well, I mean, like I said, the the, the banshee scene in Darby O'Gill and the Little People is pure horror. And for a Disney film of its time, it totally switches. Like, you've got all the, the lovely, colourful 
little people stuff and you've got all the singing and dancing but then it comes to the end of it when Darby has to make the deal and he makes the deal with the king of the leprechauns but there's a whole lead up to it where the banshee is coming for his daughter and then he has to get into the death carriage which is it was genuinely terrifying and I remember watching that as a kid being both thrilled and excited and shitting myself because that's what pure... Oh, man, do I need to watch this again? Jesus, I always yeah. leave podcasts with a list of things to watch, but they're normally new things. <laughs> I, let, let, me, let, me, uh, let me put something out there, and if you guys want to do it, we'll do it. Let's do an audio commentary for Darby O'Gill and the Little People for Paddy's Day next year. I'm down. I'm you're yeah. hot like, let's do. <laughs> <laughs> because recently, because there's a thing we're going to get to later in the episode, but I was going back through some uh, older episodes of Pubcast and I found their Batman Returns audio commentary yes. of the three of us, oh of the three of us watching so ba- Batman Returns. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it's, and it's, I just, I, we haven't done an audio commentary. The three of us haven't done an audio commentary in a long time. So I think yes. let's, let, it, like, we, we, if we want to wait for Paddy's Day next year, fine. If not, we can do it sooner, uh, where we right, sit sooner. down. I think sooner. Sooner. We yeah, sit down in the house. We just have to get ourselves so drunk that we think it's Paddy's Day. Fuck it. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, all we have to do is get someone to shout outside the window and, um, um, you know, some buses to be full and be stuck somewhere. You know, it'll be grand. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's on the cards. We'll, we'll watch Darby again, little people, and we'll record an audio commentary. And we will genuinely Jesus see Christ. how terrifying the ending of that film is compared to the rest of it. It is such a tonal shift. <laughs> and the fact that it's a Disney film is crazy. Um, oh, well, Disney has done some really, really interesting things in the past. Like, when I was looking at the, at the lineup for Disney+, Plus. That's coming. Um, I'm trying to trying to work out whether, you know, whether it'd be worth it for us because we're a skint and b have kids who consume Disney movies and getting the the crumbs, the absolute stale breadcrumbs of the Disney stuff on Netflix before they take it all away. I'm kind of like, imagine having all of the Disney animated features whenever you want it. That'd be so good. And then you think about that messed up stuff they made. You know the live action stuff. If you look at a list of all the Disney movies, and you're going, Jesus, they really did that. Mm. And um, Song of the well South always jumps out for me. Yeah, yeah. We oh, say that again, Wayne. Which one? Song of the South. Oh well, yeah, 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 yeah. I even mean like just like the computer wore tennis shoes and stuff like that. You know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, who are these for? The Country Bears movie. You're like, who are these for? But anyway. <laughs> Oh sure, you got you got to do something. It's for it's for early Kurt Russell career builders. That's what they're for. All those like Kurt Russell and Jodie Foster were young Disney kids. Oh, they were they were that generation's Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake because guys, isn't it messed up to think that Ariana wow. Grande was a was a, a Disney actress in a Disney show? Who like was? She was in Victoria. Ariana Grande was in Victoria's the Disney Channel movie. Okay. And she used to she used to look like the old she used to look like uh, the nineteen ninety two Little Mermaid and now she looks like the twenty uh, the twenty twenty Little Mermaid. <laughs> 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 she used to be like really pale and have like this dyed red hair. Wow. And now she just she's hitting the tannin gun super hard and now you're like, What oh oh always interesting. Yeah, okay. All right. mm, okay. okay. You do you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So 
the last the last couple of weeks have been interesting. We've been very busy. Um, myself, I, uh, myself and Irene went away. It was our ten year wedding anniversary there, in uh, kind of towards the end of July. So, ah, oh, congrats! Thank God. you. We treated ourselves to a trip to London because there was a lot of stuff we both wanted to see and do, um, <laughs> and a lot of it was nerdy and and theatre based, and we had a phenomenal time. I finally got to see Hamilton live on stage. Oh my God, really, Darren? Yeah, okay. I, swear, I didn't want to spoil it because I knew Wayne would talk Wayne, about it. Wayne, I'm going to send a link to Google uh, to Darren. Can you just tell me how you got on, please? Okay, so um, so Kim is going to explain what Hamilton is to Darren and then Darren's life is going to change dramatically um, yeah. from here on in and he's now going to become politically charged with the power of rap. Um, <laughs> but... The, the Hamilton production in the West End has been running now for I think for about a year and a half, two years. And yes. we booked our tickets back in April because you have to book them that far in advance to get decent tickets because they, they go like that. Yeah. Um, they were they're worth the money. Like they were 125 sterling each, but we got really good seats. We had a right. great view of the stage. Um, sound is phenomenal, the whole lot. The, 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 the cast were fantastic. Now, for the uninitiated, the people who don't know what Hamilton is, when you try and explain Hamilton to people, it sounds pretty boring. I've tried this with Irene before. It's the story of the first Treasury Secretary uh, of the United States, States um, uh, told through diverse casting and uh, mostly hip-hop inspired, but still very musical theatre. Yeah, and it's the fact, yeah. like it's the actual subject matter, when you try to explain the subject matter of who Alexander Hamilton was, to anyone, because when I when we first when I first told Irene about it, we were actually at a production of Wicked in the board gosh, and we, we we were at the intermission, and I was floating the idea of what we were going to do for our ten year wedding anniversary, yes. oh, right? And I was like, she goes, she, and Irene said to me, "What?" She was like, "What would you like to do?" And I says, "To be perfectly honest with you, I'd love to go to London and see Hamilton live on stage." And she goes, "I've heard of this Hamilton thing. What is it?" So I had to explain Hamilton to Irene in 15 minutes or less while we were having her drinks in an intermission of Wicked, which is a very different theatre yes. production altogether. Yes. So yes. Irene was looking at me going, I don't, I, don't, I don't really understand. And I says, okay, right, look, the soundtrack is on Spotify. Do you want to give it a listen? She goes, will it ruin it for me if I listen to the soundtrack before I go see it? And I says, oh, God, no, you mm. need to be boned up or else it's going to come at you too fast and you're not going to be able to process it, right? Well, I, I thought that was a fear as well. But thankfully, my wife is very smart and very musically orientated because she actually right. never got around to listening to the soundtrack. When we went to oh, see it, wow. when we went to see it, it started and she just went with it and had a blast. And I was sitting there yeah, looking it's at her. Quite the opening. Yeah, I was sitting there looking at her, kind of out of it with a bit, a bit of apprehension, and I was like, "Oh, I hope she likes this. I really hope she likes it." It's like when you're when you're showing a movie to somebody that you yeah. love, and you're yeah. kind of looking at them, staring at them, going, "I really hope they like it. I really hope they like it." And like, she was she was bouncing along in her seat. She was loving it. And then at the intermission, she said to me, "I asked her, like, what do you think?" She goes, "This is phenomenal," and I, I it's not what I expected at all. But this is. How? Phenomenal. How do you have an interest? Like you know all the words of every song. Yeah. How do you have an interest that your spouse hears nothing about? I don't understand the concept of not bombarding the house with the thing that you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she. I, Irene has heard me listen to the soundtrack. I when I was writing and writing and then coloring the broker. 
that's all right. I listen to. I listen to the Hamilton soundtrack. But Irene right. left me to my own devices off doing what I was doing and would stick right. her head in every now and again and see what I was at. And she goes, what are you listening to? Oh, I'm listening to a musical soundtrack. She's cool. Like, we, we, have, yeah, yeah. we have very, we've always had very separate interests. You know, right. we, we do have, we have our separate interests. And Irene, my interests, or she knows my interests can be quite extreme compared to what she likes. We have joint interests as well, but we allow each other our separate interests. But yeah. she is now a convert. She is a f- huge fan of Hamilton. The soundtrack has been on consistently. Non-stop. We listen to, when we nonstop. Like, so it's three hours, Darren, with no dialogue, just songs. Just and songs. Not just songs. They're raps. So imagine how many and they're busy enough raps. Like there's a lot of words in Hamilton, and to and to to go in just like that. Well, she uh, would. I'm just thinking she would have heard it in the background subconsciously while Wayne oh, was no, playing. You gotta it, though. pay attention. Like, yeah, you gotta pay attention. Intense, yeah. But no, look, I'm I'm giving Irene all the props. She's phenomenal. She's brilliant anyway. Like, but so she she but she well yeah. she went all in. She was literally this is fantastic. Um, imagine imagine seeing Hamilton for the first time without knowing anything about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even even I have to say, even for me, sitting there seeing it live was surreal. And as you said, Kim, there is no other dialogue. There's one small bit in the show that yeah. isn't in the soundtrack. Isn't in the soundtrack. And and I have the Hamilton, the book. Uh, Andrew got it from, from me for my birthday. Yeah. And I haven't opened it because I don't want to spoil the staging. <laughs> I get you. I want to see it. I don't want to know what the Be- choreography is. Because I will tell you this now. Um, I do know that soundtrack backwards and forwards. Yeah. And seeing it live on stage, there are moments in the soundtrack now that are elevated even more. These are songs that I would have liked, but I would have liked other songs over them. Those right. other songs now, after seeing them live on stage, have a whole different meaning because th- there's a translation that happens of those songs on stage. Gotcha. Um, there's, there's particular moments that happen, like, for example... Um, um, uh, there's, there's wedding speeches. There's a wedding in the, in the show, and the yeah, wedding yeah. speeches, yeah. right? When they okay. do... Um, satisfied. Satisfied. The stage production of Satisfied is one of the most phenomenal things. I've seen a fair bit of theatre. It's amazing. How they actually do it and how they pull it off is just unreal. And it's all done on stage in one fair sw- fell swoop. It's one big movement. Um, and there's probably a lot of people listening going, I, I've never seen it. And there's a lot, probably a lot of people out there probably will never get a chance to see it. But if yeah. you do ever get the chance to go see this show live... Treat yourself and go. Because By the way, musical theatre nerds, we know it's not a soundtrack. We know it's an official cast recording. We know. Put your tweet down. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't. Uh, I was going to say, I'm going to go get the soundtrack and have yeah. a listen. So, you, 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 you've spiked my curiosity. It's funny, I had a debate with a friend, a friend of mine from my, my last job, and I was saying how I don't like musicals. And then, like, uh, a couple of weeks later, he goes, Derek, you know that's the sixth musical you're after saying you've watched? And I was like... Okay, maybe I do like musicals. So this is a um, musical for people that don't like musicals, but they're they're um it's the Lin Manuel Miranda is overseeing the movie, and they also recorded one of the last uh, shows with the original cast, so that will be released at some point, and the movie is being made. They're doing they're doing so. in the Heights first, and then they're gonna do the Hamilton film. So good, his good. his first his first stage production, Broadway stage in the Heights, which is about him growing up in New York, um, 
that that's been made and that's actually just finished I think it's just finished filming actually oh yeah that's right yeah 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 um, but Lin-Manuel Miranda is the creator is the is one of the is the writer of Hamilton there's other people involved in the creation of the show but um, there's a PBS documentary uh, about him writing the show which is a phenomenal watch as well I've seen that um, I think I sent it on to you Kim as well at yeah. one point um, fantastic watch it really breaks down the idea behind it and where he came where it came from it's based on the on the um, the Chernow book there's a book yeah. um, which I yeah. have um, and it's a oh it's a good. tome it's like a chunky thing and it basically is the life of Alexander Hamilton um, through the eyes of everyone that kind of like his wife Eliza was heavily involved in his in, in telling his story after the fact yes. after, he, after he died yeah. but the, the play Darren, itself they had to they had to leave a bit of the story out because it would have seemed ridiculous. When Alexander Hamilton immigrated to America, the ship he was on caught fire and what? he was floating towards America on a ship on fire. And if that was also in the opening, people would not suspend their disbelief. But I that's think that's pretty that hardcore, though. It's pretty hardcore. That's pretty, that, that you would sell me on that alone there. Do you want to go see this play? No, 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 no. The, it, it, it opens up with a, a boat on fire that the, well, the lead's the on. Well, the song that opens it is as good as a ship on fire. And it cool. took him two years to write it. Yeah. It took him two years to write that first song. So, like, I, I'm... Get it? Get the cast recording? Don't listen to it on shuffle. Please don't. Oh, no, don't. Oh, Jesus God. Christ, no. No, I would oh, never do that. God. There's probably someone out there that goes, no, I didn't get it. Is. Oh, oh my god don't can you, oh my god but anyway we'll leave it there but oh wait i'm so glad you saw it uh, i did get you a prize kim from the shop so that's here for you when you come over for the for the um dungeons and dragons which are having in my house next the next sessions in my house it's here waiting for you i don't know my bag is upstairs but i literally went into the shop before the show started because the queue would have been oh, immense wait. Uh, at the at the at the, the queues in in the it's in the Victoria Palace, which is a beautiful theater, but it's right. fucking tiny on the outside. The theater part of it's huge. The foyer is tiny. The corridors are tiny. This is it's a small little That's place. The West End for you, like it's so fucking weird. But here's the thing, right? We had there was this moment, right? This was a there was a beautiful moment. It was the first day we were away. This was our first time away from Amelia, in a different. She was here with her grandparents. We had right. left her with our grandparents. She was in safe hands. We knew that. But it was the first yeah. time myself and Ernie together had left her and gone off somewhere. It's always monumental right? that first time. So Irene was, yeah. I was, I was apprehensive about it, but Irene was extra apprehensive about it because, you know, she hasn't left Amelia since she was born. Uh, yeah. I have traveled since then for conventions and stuff, but Irene yeah. hadn't. So Irene was kind of fretting a bit throughout the day. and She was kind of finding it hard to relax a bit. At the intermission... We'd ordered drinks at the start. We went to the intermission to get our drinks. But the girl at the start of the show, we went to order the drinks. And I was ordering the drinks and I paid for them. And Armin goes, did you see her name tag? I says, I didn't. The girl came back and she goes, I hope you enjoy yourself. And relax. Enjoy your evening. There's your receipt for your drinks. And there's your two drinks for before the show. And I looked down and the girl's name was Amelia. <gasps> oh! And, and Irene just looked at me and she goes... Yeah, I can relax now. I think oh, that was that was a sign, and uh, we can go off and enjoy ourselves. So that was before the show. So we went in and watched the show and had a great time. And then, but before that, then I went to the shop, and I bought one of everything. Uh, I bought two, well, I bought two. I bought two of one thing because I got 
I got, I got you, I got, I got two of one thing, one for me and one for you, Kim, and then I bought one of everything nice. else. And um, Irene was like, "What are you like? It's are you?" I was like, "When am I going to come back and see this again? It'll be yes. probably another two yeah. years if it's still on or if it ever comes to Dublin." Yes. So I'm getting everything. Yeah. There was one thing I didn't get because I figured, no, I, I don't need that, uh, and it was expensive enough. So, but I got, what I got everything. The hoodie with the 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 Hamilton logo because I bought the T-shirt with the Hamilton logo, but the hoodie yeah. was like fifty five sterling, which was, which would have been about sixty yeah. euros, yeah. and I was kind of trying to curb my spending on day one. So uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a convention. You have to you have to not lose the run of yourself. Exactly. For, so we had other things that we went. Yeah, but, I, but I mean, in fairness, look, like me when I went to War Hammer World. Hey, look, oh, I, I dropped I dropped one hundred and seventy sterling. So I mean, you know, it's not as if I didn't go a bit crazy. But, I spent $300 in the Pokemon Center in New York. <laughs> oh, oh. Side note, tangent, right? Tangent. Tangent. Announced today, Kim. I don't know if you're ever going to get a chance to do this. October 15th to November 18th in London, in Shepherd's Bush, they're opening up a pop-up Pokemon Center. Pop-up? Yeah. A Poker Center has been opened up for that one-month period in London. And it's going to have all the shit that you get in, in Japan and all that type of stuff. Oh, my God. But it's also going to have UK exclusive material. Wayne, I can't believe you're starving my children. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's... that's just, I, I only found out about this about tonight. <laughs> like a, I, saw, I saw a post on Facebook. Darren, you're not the man to tell me that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> But um, so that that was literally day one of 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 the London trip. Um, awesome. Day two, we did something that was very last minute. About 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 two weeks before we went, I got on. I've, I'm subscribed to this notification on Google about deals in London because we go there enough that I'm always yeah. looking out for something that would would be around the time we're going. So I got yeah. a notification from Time Out London where there was a special. Um, price for tickets for a limited run of Midsummer's Night's Dream in the Bridge Theatre in London starring Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones and um, it was £15 for tickets and you were in the interactive pit of the play oh my god so you were in the play part of the area that they were all acting in and shit yes and that was like a £30 sterling purchase Easily the best purchase we made for the entire trip. It wow. was phenomenal. It was unreal. If anyone in London is listening to this and the play is running till the end of August, you can get tickets for £15 online. Uh, I found it afterwards. I think there's a discount code or something. But for this particular week, they were, they were just special tickets until they went to that price. But for the interactive pit, they're £15. The best £15 you will spend to go to the theatre. It is brilliant. Absolutely so brilliant. do it. Be a bleacher creature. Yeah, it was fantastic. The production is brilliant. So funny. Like it is, for me, it is Shakespeare's best comedy. Um, right. Yeah, it yeah, it yeah. is phenomenally funny. But the cast were fantastic. I uh, highly recommend checking that out if you get a chance. If you're in London and, and you, you're there. Uh, just beautiful production. Very well put together. The interactive nature of it is brilliant. Um, the, the actual production, the stage production is so well done. And it's just, it's basically you're at a party with Shakespeare. It's so good. Um, and then, then we did the usual, we always have to go to Harry Potter World, which we did. Um, and that was brilliant. And Irene had a blast. Was, and I had a blast as well. There was loads of new stuff there because that we didn't know this. We knew they'd added stuff. So they'd added like um, the Forbidden Forest. They'd added Privet Drive. Ooh, they'd added ow. 
Gringotts and um, and a few other bits and bobs here and there. But what we didn't know was literally the week before they just reopened it with all new renovations and new food stalls and a whole new look to when the last time we were there. We were there three years ago. And right. now, as you walk into the foyer, you look up and there's a full-size model of the dragon from the Deathly Hollows hanging on the ceiling hanging over the foyer area and like it's so close like you're as you're right up and it's like it's it's how big is the foyer it's fucking huge massive right as you go past that then they have a cafe but the cafe is in the shape of a chocolate frog box it's fucking huge it's massive can you eat it well everything no you can't but everything (laughs) everything there is just chocolate it's all chocolate based food um, and like you can get chocolate frogs you can buy them all the way through but it's a phenomenal it's again if you ever get the chance to go to the Harry Potter Wizarding World in Watford in London do it, it it's ex- it's not it seems expensive when you book it it's like £95 per adult for a ticket but you can spend as long as you want in there it opens at like 10am in the morning and closes at 10pm at night and how long would it take you to do it in a kind of in a, in a meandering kind of way three hours Right. Three hours. You right. meander around in three hours. But we went in and the new additions are fantastic. Like, like the stuff is great anyway. Like, they've mixed up a few yeah. things. They've changed a few things around. They do that. They do that. They kind of shift it around. So if you... Because people go there multiple times and they move the props yeah. around. They bring out new things that haven't been shown. They change the layout of the area. But their food and forest is very well done. Um, Privet Drive is quick. You just walk in. It's just a set that they had for the for the, for the... House where he lived, and it's just that they have all the letters to Hogwarts floating around and stuff, and it's a quick little thing in. But Gringotts, Gringotts is phenomenal. It's basically they've recreated Gringotts. It's there, and you walk in, and walk through Gringotts, and all they have all the the goblins kind of the costumes for the goblins up on right. pedestals. So where they are in the films, you're walking past, and they have the goblin outfits. Then you walk around the back, and you go down into the vaults of Gringotts. And they have all stone walls and they have all different props from the films. And they have the uh, Bellatrix of Strangers vault. Um, and then you can take pictures with different things. Uh, and then you feel like you're walking back around on yourself. So you feel like you're walking back into Gringotts. But as you turn the corner, you see that it's actually Gringotts that's been destroyed from the Deathly Hallows. And everything is, oh, there's, a, there's, right. a, there's smoke everywhere. And then you just hear... <laughs> And then a dragon comes running from the back end of the room. It's like a, a rear projection screen, but it looks it looks phenomenal. It comes nice. running up and then breathes fire in the entire area and smoke comes up out of everywhere. So it's beautifully done, very well put together. I think I put a video of it on Instagram. Um it's it's fantastic. It's it's well worth going to see. Uh we were in there for about three and a half hours just walking around. And then they have the big shop at the end where you spend all your money and buy all the stuff. So Do you th- uh, you're gonna save up the two years and go to Universal Studios. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, we're probably gonna yeah. wait till Amelia's a bit older, and she's yeah. at, she's at least seen the first two movies, because the first here you know. Here's the thing about the movies. Yeah. Those fucking kids can't act. <laughs> <laughs> Those poxy kids can't act. Grint gets the hang of himself in uh, by three. But the others, God bless us, they need an absolute taser put through themselves. And it's not their fault, it's because they're kids. 
and they were cast for what they look like, you know, yeah, yeah. what they sound like. And then everyone else is killing it, killing it, and the fucking kids cannot. I mean, it's not like it's not it's not their fault by the end. And they're they're a bit more naturalistic at the end. Obviously, they've been living in the skin for so long. Yeah. But I'm just like I'm reading it. We just tonight I wrote a, a Tom Marvolo riddle on the fridge, and then slowly deleted the letters as no I added way. them underneath in the right order. And even though we read that last night, Patrick was like, <gasps> "Like what witchcraft is this?" And I'm like, "Bitch, I read that last night." But he's so, you know, he's, he yeah. So, um, we just like his brain is just getting this stuff, and it's just expo- and when we get to peril, which is every fucking chapter, by the way, it is nonstop misery for those kids. Yeah. And he should like every single time he should call McGonagall like within four seconds of what what just happened, and he doesn't. But anyway, where's the adventure in that? Sometimes Patrick goes, I don't want to read it tonight because of what happened the night before. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, Patrick. I'll have a look and I'll see if it's all right and then I'll read it. Like, you know, it just, it, but the films, I'm trying to get him to book three before he sees any of the films because God help us, it's Chris Columbus's fault the first two times, it's the casting director's fault for the other eight and you're just like, I, I you know, although, like I've got a suggestion, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll uh, email it into the wizarding world of Harry Potter, maybe they should have a, a ride, pun fully intended, where you can see if you can change Lucius Malfoy's worldview by riding it out of him. I am convinced I could fix him. I'm convinced <laughs> that I could show him a, a more beautiful world with everyone in harmony if I just got a shot at him. That's what seems to be Jason Isaac's mo. Like he's the same with Star Trek yeah. Discovery. It's the it's the same situation. Yeah, yeah like he he, he plays an alternate. Two days, lad. Yeah. Two days. <laughs> oh my god. My oh, lord. Oh my god. He's but did you not? Like, he is a bit of a sniveling fucker by the end of it. Like my lord. He, my, lord. my lord. My lord. Yeah. You know, but uh, no, he is. Like he's a fantastic villain. He is a fantastic villain. Everyone in those movies is so good. Everyone is so good. It was terribly. Gilderoy Lockhart was terribly cast, but the acting is still good. Yeah. Who would you have cast for Gilderoy Lockhart? Um, I would have cast. So I would have cast a bigger. good looking. Yeah, I, I always, I, I don't know. I have a bone of contention with Branagh because I think partially, I don't know what it is about him. He, I mean, he cast himself in the lead in Much Ado About Nothing, and it shouldn't have been him. He shouldn't have been in. And the other thing is, I'd say, I've I got this feeling he just stood in for someone. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, it just seems so, it's such poor casting. But, yeah. But I mean, with Gilderoy yeah. Lockhart, I probably would have gone with, um, one of your favourites, actually, David Morrison would have done a good job. Um, we would have. Um, oh, yeah. Or um, the guy, oh, I always forget his name. He's married to Keely Hawes. He was in Ripper Street. Um, he was, um, Andrew McFadden, I want to say. No, Andrew McFadden is oh. somebody else. No, Andrew McFadden is somebody else. Um, I can't remember his name, but he's is in it, Ripper Street. It's which not is, Matthew McFadden. Matthew McFadden. Matthew McFadden. Right. It is McFadden. Right, right. Um, like he's in Ripper yeah. Street, which is my all-time, one of my all-time favorite uh, TV series. Um, so yeah. um, he he played, he, he's very good at bumbling. And I say he would have been very good at a foppish bumbling kind of guy who was pretending to be yeah, suave. I, don't, I, I need someone who's like, 
what the other thing is, you know, uh, uh, blonde men are really complaining about blonde ma- male erasure in the world. You know, look at Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> they only have a few. They only have a few. Gilderoy Lockhart should have been a natural-ish blonde. You know, he should have been. I'm trying to think of a nat- natural blonde name. actor who would have been English that you could have picked, and I can't think of a fucking one. That's true, that's true. Apart from yeah, 1980s Peter Davison, that's it. Yeah, that's and, it. And yeah. 1980s Peter yeah. Davison yeah. would have been brilliant as Gilderoy Lockhart. Perfect. That so would have been interesting perfect. indeed. I can't think of any blonde. I actually English want to yeah. see that. Cause you know the way they did that with the 90s Avengers, where they re- they cast all the 90s Avengers? That was really cool. Right? Which was, was and it was, all, it was all on the money. It was on the money. I want to see a, a, a 90s or a Because... Harry Potter universe is set in the 80s. The Harry Potter story is set in the 80s. So I want to see an 80s casting of the Harry Potter universe. Okay. I'll well, tell you what. We'll all get to work on ours and we'll put them in the comments under this. <laughs> I just thought of it. Who they should have gotten to play Gilderoy Eckhart. Fucking Ro- Rowan, Wait, At- Rowan Atkinson. Who? Oh, maybe. Although, even though Blackadder... Seasons two to four could fucking get it. He's not a good looking guy, and 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 he's not. You know, Hermione's supposed to be, you know, gushing uh, over. I suppose, so I but I, I, I'm looking at it from a foppish point of view. So early Blackadder is foppish. Yeah, you know, well, Rowan Atkinson could play the the um, man in Jaws, but uh, yeah, no, he could he can kind of transform his entire physical presence. Because even like he played just, he played yeah. a mock Doctor Who once, and he was. He was, he was suave. Good, he was suave as Doctor Who. Oh, how would I find that? He did a comic relief one year, um, uh, and actually, funny enough, it was written by Stephen Moffat. It's on YouTube. Uh, Excellent. So cur- it's in, called the, cur- um, the Curse of the Fatal Death. Was what it was called. Nick Mail and Flockhart. No. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Here's here's, here's the thing about this is one of my this is one of my bones of contention with the Harry Potter universe. Rick Mail was cast as Peeves. And they filmed him as Peeves in the first fucking movie, and he was cut. There is footage out there as Rick Mail as Peeves, and he is Peeves. It was written for fucking him. He is Peeves, and they they cut him out of it. He was cut out of the film. So can you imagine? It would have. It would, it's one of those situations where you think you 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 would you wonder what way an actor's life would have turned out if they'd gotten that particular role that would have kind of put them on a path. That would have changed their overall kind of lifestyle, and him being well, cal- we saw, well when when he did drop to dead Fred, we thought he was gone Hollywood forever. You yeah, because that was that was well, I thought that was a big movie, but thinking about it, it was probably just a big movie in Eddie Rock or Eddie Rockets in Eddie Riley's video shop in Virginia County Cabin. Maybe. Oh, it was, I remember so- it's one of Irene's favorite movies of all time. She she loves Drop Dead Fred. I, I, Anytime it's yeah. on, I watch. Yeah, it. it's a great movie, but I don't. I think at the time it didn't do gangbusters. Phoebe no. Cates was on the decline, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, which never should have happened. We should have got twenty to fifty more years of Phoebe Cates. Um, but I, yeah, that that was one of the big things about the Harry Potter franchise that really bugged me was the fact that Rick Mail was cast as Peeves. They filmed him as Peeves, and as far as I'm aware, they just cut him from the movie for time. You know, which is it's it's a tragedy because I think if if that character because the character does play a fair bit in the books when you're reading the books you know Peeves yeah. is in there, like and he's they in just there. he's in there and he's doing different things and I actually think he's it's been a while since I read the books but there is a thing happening in the later films during say the Battle of Hogwarts and a few other things that yeah. Peeves is full on fuck these dead eater dudes they're getting it 
you know, and he fucks right. up their shit. Um, so I think, can you imagine what Rick Mail's lifestyle would have been like if he had a successful role like Peeves on a grand scale? Would he have been in a situation where his health would have been in a better place and he wouldn't have actually suffered a heart attack and died? He could have gone the other way, though, like partied more. You never know. He was, but Rick Mayer was not. Yeah, he was over that yeah, by then, yeah. Well over it. He was married and everything, like, you know. I mean, he was, he was, yeah. he, he just hadn't done a lot of big feature stuff. He was in a TV show with the, with the, what's the, what's the big, really big, tall comedian guy, the yeah. big, massive yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, he looks a little bit like him. Well, he uh, played his, he played, were, yeah, he, he played his dad. dad. Yeah. I thought they were related. Um, I had to go and find out, disappoint me so that they weren't. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I remember, I, I just, I can't remember what it was, but I, I there's an actual clip on YouTube of all him playing the dad and all the scenes put together. That's what I watched. Yeah. Um, I was in my sister's house uh, this summer in America, and um, she had their her kids ride quads, and they're not much older than mine. And any Rick Mayhill fan would be the same. I was like, "Fuck no, no, yeah. no, God." Yeah. That was so crazy. yeah. That, anyway, that, that that was the that was my London trip. I, I also got a lot of D and D stuff, and I picked up a few bits and bobs there for the campaign. I have some surprises for you guys for the next session. Um, oh my god, you really are the DM who just keeps giving. Literally, <laughs> it's great. Um, so I like just a few kind of miniatures and a few bits and bobs that I picked up. That's going to enhance, hopefully, enhance the gameplay. Um, and I got a few new books and stuff as well. But yeah, that the London trip was phenomenal. We had a great time. We were only there for four days, and we did so much. We did so so much. Um, and yeah, we we came back to reality. Picked up Amelia. She was really happy to see us, and we went off. Went to better time. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, so that was my Wait, little that, bit. That a TV show was Man Down. Man Down. Yeah, yeah Greg Davis. That that. So you're after you're after reminding me because the last time. We we record well. Sorry, the last time podcast recorded, I couldn't make it because I'm after remembering I was away in England. Um, I went to Warhammer World because it's 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 been like seven weeks. It feels like a, it feels like a lot longer. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I went. I, I got my nerd on. I got my uh my nerd. Yeah, yeah, I got my nerd on, and I went. Uh, part of my nerd is 40k, and uh, decided to go to the mecca that is uh, 40k, the Holy Land, which is Warhammer World up in Nottingham. Um, I went over with a friend of mine uh, just for just for two days, but um, it's pretty much it's like well, you're after it's not going to be anything as good as what you said about Harry Potter. It's like I thought maybe the fact oh yeah like the when, like the area you play your game in is I put pictures actually up on the page uh, when I, after there is like you feel like you're inside a castle. But unfortunately, it's 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 not going to beat the fact there's a friggin' dragon above me. Although that's something. <laughs> That's something that they they they, they I, I put in the suggestion box maybe some kind of chaotic dragon that would be awesome, but yeah yeah I I went over there because um one uh, you get to play on these kick-ass tables that um the specialist tables that they don't do anywhere else where they put a lot of money in to uh you know make it look like you're fighting in the far off horrible future, and also there's a it's 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 awesomely designed because um. It's it's built above um, where they make uh, where the, where they have the molds where they make some of the models, uh, and whoever was a genius enough to decide, hang on, if we build kind of like a shop and stuff above us, people will come. So um, there's a 
there's a, a place called Forge World, which uh, you, you can only buy the models actually there, and they're like the high end kind of thing. So if you have your like you know your your NECA figures, and then you have your one and six scale figures, that would be the equivalent. You have your 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 forty k um, uh, Games Workshop figures, and then if you want the high end, you go to Forge World, uh, and it's it's designed in such a smart way that when you walk in, you're downstairs, and you see like you know I've taken pictures. There's a rhino outside, which is awesome, and then when you when you go in. There's uh, oh, the, the creature from Lord of the Rings, which I've now forgotten. But uh, he's a, yeah, he's a bouncer on the door. So uh, <laughs> I, like you know, you see me getting into trouble with him. I put a picture up of that. But then you go upstairs and you go in, and it's it's designed that you have to go through the shop first. So you got your generic games workshop. But then to the right of you is Forge World and all the kick-ass uh, models that um, I might have bought one or two. Um, I bought- <laughs> <laughs> nice. I bought this kick-ass thing uh, that I'm nearly finished painting called it's it's orc it's an orc kill tank it's called it's a huge tank and it looks awesome I've wanted one for ages so that's kind of like it was my second time there and like I was like I, I, my first like the first time I was there it was like two years ago I was like oh I don't know when I'm going to be here again now I knew when I got there I was like it's probably be another two years so I better get something nice so I got right. that but um yeah when you walk in there's as I said there's you you look like you're inside the castle and you can see all the tables. There's over like 16, 17 tables you can play in. And then at the, at, and then like uh, as you're walking, like you get hungry there and there's a place called Bugman's, uh, at the very back. And in there is a, is a bar that has lovely alcohol, lovely uh, food, and you can actually play board games. Um, the first time I was there, uh, we didn't have enough time to play an actual 40k game. So, uh, we played, um, Space Hulk, old school Space Hulk in the bar and had a oh, few cool. beers. That was awesome, nice. like that. Unfortunately, because we got the plane this time, we decided, well, we can only bring, you know, a small amount of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we went, with, we went with our models. And, like, that's what I was saying is, like, uh, I'm back in the mode that I was when I was going on my trip. All I'm doing is occasionally going to the cinemas and I'm painting. So I've got a few little uh, – I got a, I have a bunch of – like any uh, Games Workshop uh, – player i sorry a 40k player i've had a bunch of models in the attic sitting there for about two years and uh just recently i said hang on i'll probably be better at painting this so i'm currently doing that the last couple of weeks oh, but uh, i love painting figures i miss it, this it's 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 never too late and you've got kids so your excuse could be it's like oh no 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 the models are for the kids no it's not for me <laughs> but um yeah I'm, oh my there's <laughs> enough shit in this house that i could pass off onto them i'll tell you but uh, and, uh, yeah well i was uh when I was originally going over, uh, I've had I've had a lot of models that are collecting dust that I, uh, I haven't used in ages or are not painted because of reasons. And I said, yeah. you know, but if I'm going over there and I'm going to be taking pictures like I do on the table, I need these painted. So I now I had some of the models uh, I, I, I put pictures of painted, but there was a lot of stuff I didn't. So I was pretty much every minute I had like pa- painting away. And uh, yeah, so it was nice to when we got there when we we kind of did they have an exhibit where they have all these uh, displays of battles that are going on, and they put a lot of pictures up. Uh, and occasionally, they they bring they bring in new stuff. In fact, just recently, they're after announcing for their apocalypse stuff, which is you know like you're playing with huge armies on the table. They've actually done a, a big, huge display to kind of give a nod to that, so it's an excuse to go back. But uh, one of the things you can see there is yeah, it is kind of. Uh, like um, it's I'm just looking at the pictures. It's actually two when you you're, you 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 go on the bottom level, but you go up to a second level, 
Uh, and then as you're coming back, uh, coming back out, you go down these stairs and in the dead center of the, as you're going around, as I said, the sides to get back downstairs. There's this huge battle uh, between um, like, I mean, huge, uh, like uh, between chaos and space Marines. And there's loads of stuff happening. There's Titans battling. There's this big, huge um, citadel that's like, you know, like, well, in, in the gaming terms would be like. 30 40 feet high but in in our terms is like two 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 uh two levels high and like right. a, kind of like on the very very top is kind of like that gener- generic kind of like uh what's it on the top of a church the steeple steeple yeah steeple. on top of that steeple is this winged tyrannid uh it looks awesome but like as uh, as you go down you can see like you're never going to see like you're going to notice something new every time you go back there but one of the things they do is uh, this is this guy called an assassin and he pretty much ex- says exactly what he does in the thing he's all about stealth and he takes out people from hidden locations and one of the things is, is that every time like every day they hide an assassin in that area and uh, we took about half an hour looking last uh, last time we were there and even longer than the time before and we still haven't found them like, like, and hopefully the next time we go, because if you find them, you get to keep the model. Well, I obviously away. you don't go with, you know, yeah, you, you, you go out and you go, now, obviously there's an honor system. No one, had, this is the one, one thing I'm surprised, no one has ever gone, lads, he's here, and point to where he is so other people can rush in and get it. There's, no one's ever said it, but they, what they do is, if you do find it, they take a picture of you with, uh, and they give you a free assassin of your choice. Ah, uh, and you don't move it so that somebody else yeah. can find it as well. I don't even uh, like how they clean, like how they, because uh, you look at this and you're wondering like how the hell it doesn't get dusty. What's like I've got models here that I'm like, how the fuck do they do it? You know, it's like, I just had a giant like blower or something to think I'm over yeah, every day. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's just a Hoover, but they 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 have it. They go in and they delicately, you know, slowly but surely. But this thing is huge, uh, so I, I'd love to know how they clean it. Like, um, it's so big that they 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 built it in different sections. And they they only put it together fully when they brought it into the actual hall. Yeah. So, that so goes, how many? So how many? Like you know, the size of tables I would expect for forty k. I would expect like four picnic tables put together for an event. How many? How big is this thing? Like well, the actual the actual diorama I would say would yeah. be, would be nearly as big as Dublin City Comics. Um, like I was just thinking, holy shit. Like I was just like it was like yeah it would be maybe slightly bit smaller on like how how long it is if you get me and yeah then yeah uh, two two stairs going up you know two levels uh, high. Um, Sarah, can I it, ask it, you a dumb question? There's no such thing as a dumb question, Kim. Go oh ahead. wait, yeah, I haven't heard. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> Go ahead, Kim. So at Warhammer World, yes. how do you how do you decide who's playing who? Oh, it's, 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 it's like, it's like, a, well, it, it's as easy as like playing chess. Like, well, this is how I describe a 40k people. All right. All right. I, I've got to stop you for a second. You walk in. It's not like playing chess because chess is a board and 32 pieces. Uh, your army, your Warhammer army is quite a lot more than that. And you have to lay them all out and get them in the right position. And everything. How do you just, how do you, like, do you just rock up with all your shit and talk to someone and say, will we, will we I, battle here? I don't, think, I, I don't think that would be possible. I, I, I don't like, because we deliberately picked on a, we went on a Friday because we knew there would be, there would be a good chance of getting tables. But I think in, in this day and age, if you've got an army, 
uh, ready to go, what you would probably do is kind of make go on a forum and see if there's anyone around. Hopefully, you know, like I was very lucky with the fact is like one of my um, uh, uh, like I've known my friend Garrett like Jesus since I was 16, and we've been in, in, interested in Warhammer, and he suggested going over the first time, and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm in. We did a road trip, we did it by car. It was it was interesting, but the second time round for Garrett's health because he got fuck all sleep driving over and back, uh, we said we'd take the plane, but like we we were lucky because it was pretty much Darren do you want to go to Warhammer uh, you had me at, do you um, we'll go to Warhammer uh, you have to get that on a fucking t-shirt and, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was like uh, what? Well, I'll tell you, it was like so what army do you want to bring uh, and then I was like because I'm very easy going well it's funny You, I, I tend to be the bad guy uh, the space right now there's no, there's no good guys in 40k but I've always said that the space brains are kind of like the goody two shoes, and then yeah, all the you they know. Are, yeah. are they though? Are they? Actually, here's the thing. Um, I think out of out of all of it, at least chaos and orcs are playing to their nature. You know, um, it's not their fault. Chaos have been corrupt. Even gene stealer cults, gene stealer cults are are kind of like corrupted by you know the space monsters. Like with a, psychic the, for powers. the limited it's knowledge, the, the listeners, the, just for the, the listeners, when Darren was saying what he was saying, Wayne was doing the Thor face with, is it though? Is it, <laughs> is it though? No, because um, I mean, I, for my my very limited knowledge of Warhammer and the story, I've played a, I've played a few of the PlayStation games and the PC games yeah. of the Warhammer universe. And the, the, the Marines and the Emperor and all that shit, it's all, it's, it's like, if the name suggests the Emperor, if you're thinking Star Wars, yeah, it's like Stormtroopers and the guy is telling them where the Stormtroopers to go and who to rule and who to take over and stuff. Yeah, the gene stealers are like the xenomorphs and they're there to kill things and there's all these interdimensional beings and blah 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 but it's, it's like it's it's it, if it is it's like but i i if you i always think that it's like the emperor is a really really nice guy but unfortunately he's <laughs> not star wars emperor 40k because he's sitting on a throne like half dead fighting back the warp and it kind of feels to me as if it's a really really nice old man that you know like is, is telling this you know what people what to do and people are like oh yeah yeah we'll get on that yeah 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 right what we're really gonna do so he's blissfully unaware that his space marines are going out like killing anyone that uh, gets in the, all, get, killing all these innocent people that get in their way and then kind of going for the emperor but it, it's also very it's oh, isn't it also very like it's it's, it's riddled with um it's riddled with religious iconography and it's got that whole like you know purity idea that Anything that isn't pure in the universe that lives by the emperor's law must be cleansed, and therefore, everything, yeah. including them. Yeah, exactly. Like so, it's like this totalitarian idea that it's like you must be pure, and if you're not pure, we're gonna just destroy you. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've played like the last Warhammer game I played was Deathwing, and as a as a multiplayer game, it was a lot of fun. Very buggy, is but it was fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, kind of, I didn't finish it. I was yeah, like, I it was interesting, and we, we finished it. We finished the campaign. It was a lot of crack, um, and we we did enjoy it, but it. Like even listening to the story, very grim dark is what all of that is. It's all grim dark stuff. But like you said, there is no real good guy in this story. There, it's one extreme or another. There's no middle ground here. Like, I would like to say I think the orcs are in in the sense the good guys because all they're do they just that you know shooting people is just what they do. So it's like we'll have a bit of fun. We'll, we'll shoot a, a bunch of Yumi's and yeah, go from there. And <laughs> that's what they sound like, you know. Like uh, it's all about the DACA, you know. Um, and that's why I think I don't think it's I think uh, and 
yeah, I think everybody else, they're they're evil, but the orcs kind of, oh, God love them. They don't know any better, you know? Um, but, Kim, sorry, back to it. If if, you, if you're going to go to 40K, if you're going to go to Warhammer World, hopefully it's a case of, like, you know someone that wants to go as well. Um, so you book a battle, book a table or something. Yeah, well, we were very lucky because uh, even though I kept on suggesting we should book a table, I was very worried that we'd get there and there were no tables. But then I realized how many tables there was, and it was the equivalent of a oh, cool, cool. day gamers world is a Friday in in Warhammer World early morning. There, there, there was there was there was an actual Garrett was surprised. There was a good table, good many tables booked, but there was loads left. But yeah, it was a case of I'm very I'm very accommodate because I. I have a few armies. Uh, one I started when I was 16 years ago and only now painted. One I got off my brother, and uh, one or two I, I kind of like uh, built over time. But I suggest, or what do you, what do you want to play? And then we went with story. So he played. Um, uh, I can't remember what they're Mars people. Can't remember the names, but they're from Mars. And I um, took along the easiest thing to pack, which was my debt watch. Right. Um, I think I brought, when I we agreed on 2,000 points. That's what you usually do when you build an army to that. And I think I brought 39 models over, which is great considering that my orc, orc army minimum would be around about 120 models. Jesus so Christ. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's a horde army. It's the yeah. best way to play it is you just step by paper cuts. You just throw a minimum of 90 orcs in the direction of the army and you hope that uh, at least some of them get through. Cause if they do, that army's toast. And then you build on that. Um, but yeah, that's that. It was it was awesome. It was lovely to play on the table. As we were leaving, I took a picture of the table that I really want to play on next time we're there. Which is just as I said, you can you can go upscale. You can you can build on your points and go bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, if you get very big, you can play these titans, which are these fucking huge robots. And uh, one of them, they, these things are ridiculously. Look, we're talking about near enough to a grand to buy, a grand to buy one of these. Jesus right? Christ! They took one of them. And they trashed it, and they put it in the dead center of the table, painted it up to look like it was shut down, put a few um, really, really good buildings around it, and then said, there you go, lads, play away. Savage. When we got there, that was the one table that was reserved, and it was like, God damn it. But that's, in two years' time, that's what I want to do. But yeah, that was my uh, Warhammer World uh, holiday, which was great. Um, yeah, I'm now now finally recuperating, and my wallet is nearly healed. Uh, <laughs> but it, it was great, and that, that's the reason why I wasn't at the last uh, podcast because I was, I was, we were over there. But it yeah, was great. Well, it's good um, to have you back, and there couldn't really be a more Darren-y thing to be doing, to be honest. Well, I was, I, was, I, was, I think I said to you before again, I was grinning like a Cheshire cat, like when I was over there, even though I'd already been like two years prior. But it, it's just, it's nice. It's just, it would never work over here. We, we, it would, it would like close down within a year. Um, yeah, there's like, not enough people, and I just. Isn't it just the best feeling in the world? I, I understand Trump rallies because of how I feel at conventions and how seen I feel. I'm like, no matter what kind of uh, nerd you are or, you know, what <laughs> racist fuckhead you are, if you're in a room full of people that you don't have to explain yourself to, it's fucking nice. So you can see how these things happen. I, I uh, guys, we're on camera at the moment, so you can see this thing. Oh! Uh, can I just tell you my sad fucking story about costumes for Dublin Comic Con? Go on, yeah. Um, I used to go with you guys, and we wore t-shirts. And then we went to Arcade Con, and I think all of us to a man turned around and said, "We are not coming back here again unless we're dressed up 
look at the effort everybody went to. So the next year, we all cosplayed, and that was great. I was still going by myself. Then my niece expressed an interest in going the next year, and her mother was only delighted that she wouldn't have to go, and I was <laughs> going already, so I brought her up. Then uh, my niece is trying to get me to couples cosplay with her, and I'm like, all right, so that's fine. Making two costumes, it was a lovely bonding activity. Then I had two kids. Then I spent July trying to make costumes for the two of us while my kids were, like, you know, randomly throwing them out the window. And then my son got to the point where he wanted to go and he wanted to dress up too. So that was three costumes. So this year, my daughter wants to go too. So that's four costumes. And I turned around to my niece and I went, I'm going to make the kids costumes. Uh, I'll help you with yours. I think I'll just wear regular clothes this year. And she looked at me like I just kicked her dog into the sun. Jesus, Kim. So that didn't go down very well. So I am making costumes. I have a week to go. Mine is not even close to being done and I work on Friday and I'm at Dublin Comic Con as a VIP on Saturday so uh, you could do it close to being done my son wants to go as a Pokemon he's going as a Greninja here is the that looks amazing made out of his hat and um, uh, which is great my daughter wants to go as Raichu now not Raichu we know who Raichu is Raichu is a Pokemon that she invented and my daughter is only just gone four. That's which amazing. Means, which means she can't draw me a fucking picture of what Raichu looks like. And she's the kind of person who will get pretty mad if you don't do it right. So I have to make the costume for an imaginary Pokemon and not fuck it up. And so all what I did was I said, right, uh, I brought her into the the fabric shop by the way i don't have a sewing machine i can't fucking sew so i don't know why i did that but i just went show me what color roichu is because you know wayne the best thing about imaginary pokemon is they can change their type yeah so basically whatever her brother is she has a you know he has a weakness against whatever the fuck roichu decides to be on this <laughs> so, so i got her she just pointed a fabric a bolt of fabric that was the same and she picked the most lurid fucking bright pink so I can't wait till you guys. Are you there on Sunday, Darren? No, um, it's this weekend, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I, I will be hungover on Saturday, and Sunday I will be uh, playing board games at a barbecue. So, Darren, Darren, you're not, you're not going at all. No, I don't. Um, no. Oh, I, don't, I, I don't do cons these days. I'm, I just no. <laughs> that is true, actually. But I have. Well, to I don't do cons for you guys. That's why I look with them and uh, you get to see what I've managed to turn out for my daughter it's it's ridiculous I can't well, wait I to see it for you guys when you come back so you know it's, it's like I'm there so. <laughs> well, well, yeah I mean I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend because obviously I'll be there um, with road yeah. comics and stuff and I'm looking forward to seeing you Kim and, all, and, and the costumes and all their glory um, are they going to enter into the cosplay competition well that's the thing I used to have to do it because uh, Saoirse used to want to meet you. Oh. What? So I think if it's not... Oh, I, I about a month before it every year. Will Wayne be there? <laughs> 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 so now that you're not the host, I don't think we'll have to do it again because like, our costumes are not ever going to be a standard where you would win and we wouldn't really be about that. But she's such... She's so... 
She's got so much personality. She just loves to strut. So the cosplay contest was perfect for that. And uh, I loved going up with the wee fella last year. Mega shiny Charizard. Yeah, oh, that was that was that was really nice for my last for my last cosplay competition to actually see him up there and yeah. see that that was really cool so that was that was, was a nice it. he was trying to give it his full he was he gave it his socks <laughs> yeah he gave it socks but the cosplay competition yeah, I is on I mean like we'll get three hours back by not having to do it this year that that is true that it it is lengthy because there's a lot of people in it but well the, my last year that I did it I we kind of devised a system that broke it down for everyone so people kids were able to come in and do their thing and then go so I don't know what way it's done now because I'm not part of it so I have no idea um, yeah, yeah. But no, but even still, You're I think it'd be, be as busy as a Frenchman with self-removing trousers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we yeah, because like Rogue are, are launching three new books this weekend, so yeah, it's gonna be busy. Um, but uh, Kim, what's your plan for Dublin Comic Con this weekend? Like, I know you've got the costumes, so, so Saturday I'm gonna be probably in civvies and attending panels because when I have the way in, I cannot go to panels. I yeah. cannot. Um, uh, and then Sunday, farting around trying not to buy too many plushes and prints. Uh, so and ships yeah, and guns. walking around with the with the with the kids and uh, yeah. Yeah, no, and, like, and I'm basically catching up with everybody. Yeah, and it'll be good to see you there because um, like we'll be obviously we'll be at our tables and stuff. There is um. The, and Sunday on, at these conventions are always more family orientated on Sundays where Saturdays are like the, the large hordes of people uh, but yeah. Sundays is when the families decide to come along and it'll be a different vibe Sunday morning it's calmer it's more chill and then it picks up towards lunchtime so um, yeah no it'll be good um, I'm looking forward to it we're looking forward to it um, myself Kev Jill and Colin will be on the Rogue table um, the, full on, the full on Rogue family giving it socks um, and there'll be the other familiar faces as well at the show like you'll see the likes of Rob Carey and Cormac Hughes and Lightning Strike and a couple of other heads as well that'll be at it um, so yeah it's gonna, it promises to be a fun show yeah I can't I, I, I get as a VIP I get to choose a photo shoot with so many I, I, it's gotta be Lou Ferrigno for me really he's such a sweetie he's such a sweetie and when are we gonna get him again he's, he's such a gentle spirited lovely man I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, and you know, I hope he's not too intimidated by my guns. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Actually, you didn't you do She-Hulk one year? I did. Yeah, I did, and I still have all those. I still have all those bits. I was seriously considering it, but I don't know. It might be nice, you know, especially when you're walking around on your own. It might be nice to just chill out and also not have to get up. You know, three hours earlier to contour your greenness. Yes, yes, I'm sure that yeah. was uh, interesting to do. Um, yeah, yeah. No. Also, I chickened out. I should have gone full. I should have gone full like a uh, bodysuit for for shield, but I just you did a lot. Did you did you did lawyer hold. That's 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 great. That's that's it it's, that's a great costume. I've seen a few oh, few ladies do. Oh, it's it's no, because it was, it was cool. Yeah, because like, like that's people. That's the problem with like a lot of cosplays nowadays. I think I think the alternate idea, not going body suits and not going the sexy version of the character, is is just as acceptable, if not more so, because it's like, it's it's something different. I guarantee you, if you go to a convention in the states, you're bound to see a lot of sexy She Hulks. If you see a lot of She Hulks, and very few lawyer She Hulks. 
Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and well, like, it's I the nature of it. Bit, we're a bit. I remember once looking at a Psylocke. Uh, am I right? Yeah, Psylocke at Arcade Locked, Con. Yeah. Oh and yes. It's like, and I, <laughs> yeah, you remember? And I was standing beside Maura McHugh, and I went, "Oh my God, that's so amazing!" And she's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "What?" And he goes, and she goes, "Until she has to fight in it." And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I was saying, like, I'm amazed that somebody could wear that in real life. And she's like, yeah, because all she has to do is walk on a hotel carpet and stand. You know, it's different when she has to go and kick somebody's head off. You know, that's not going to stay there without sock glue. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think they're... I'm <laughs> sure, I'm sure they have... Trick, by the way. I'm sure you they have... Uh, I should... Stop them getting attacked by your hungry bum. <laughs> I'm sure they have a uh, sock glue in, in large supply in the X mansion. You know, it's it's part of the. Oh, I say so. It's it's yeah, part yeah. of their it's part of their you know when you get your book list every year for for re-enrolling at the start of term, right down the bottom of the list they have sock glue, and uh, <laughs> toad repellent. Gosh, you know. That is your most common thing. Wait, when you're at a con and you see something and you have no fucking idea what it is but you know what it might be. So there's just some giant pop culture phenomenon that everybody's crazy about that you've never played or seen or done anything, but you're like, that's got to be from blank. For me, it's Fallout. Never played Fallout. I don't know the Fallout characters, but if I'm walking around a con, pointing at things, I'm like, that's probably from Fallout. Yeah, there's a good chance. I feel like there's a lot of Fallout cosplay. There is, because Fallout cosplay is easy because it's just a jumpsuit, a jumpsuit, it's a blue overalls. With a number. With a number right. written on the back of it, probably 76 or 18 or whatever. That's like the current it. one, or like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the current one's 76. Yeah. Um, or if you go full on like that kid one year who won at the cosplay competition where he built a full on uh, Fallout suit. Fallout set of armour um, from scratch. Awesome. And he was like, and you see him come in, he's like, gum, gum, gum. It's like six six and a bit six and change feet tall and he's like stomps in big power auto, armor, big auto rifle the power army a big power rifle and you're like he stomps on the stage people go nuts and then he won and then they saw him i met him in the foyer later on to give him his prize and he took the helmet off and it, he was like 12 <laughs> and oh you're, you're kind of going huh? yeah yeah i yeah, know you oh, gotta give props to these people who put like, so much effort like i see it on you see it on instagram if you follow any cos irish cosplayers on instagram the lead up to dublin comic con you see about a month a couple of months before and you see like thinking about this thinking about this thinking about this and then like the two to three weeks before comic con is like all these pictures of these elaborate costumes like um, here wayne yeah. Do you want to hear my old lady comment on that? Okay. Why are you ruining the surprise? Why are you posting yourself two days before in your full suit? Only for, you know, would you not wait and do the full on end of the prom movie entrance and everyone go, oh my God, it's Captain Marlow when you walk in and everybody freaks. Why are you posting the full costume? Why can't you hold your piss for like, 12 more hours I think you know? they want they want to see the reaction they want to see people. like it's a tester if people yeah. don't even look likes there must be something wrong you know that's what I that's uh, the only thing yeah, well, like, or, or they're like yeah they just want to see if people like it probably <coughs> well it's also it's a case of like they're it, always amazing though. It, it is but no, a, the professional okay. cosplayers like we well, have the likes of Melissa O'Brien uh, even if she shows you a picture of her costume when you see yeah. it in real life yeah. you go Holy divine shite. That is fucking amazing. Oh my God, that woman. 
far in my head, every shitty edge I'm doing here, every Derek Barry hem I'm doing, <laughs> I'm just like, I feel Melissa O'Brien's presence going, I am disrespecting her right now with this work. But that's and the thing uh, though, Kim, that's not true because it's a case of every person that tries to make their own cosplay is a phenomenal cosplayer in their own right. We love it, like... We love it. We love it. And and like, oh my god, homemade cosplays are so. I've done. I I've yeah, done nothing but yeah. pound shop cosplay. The most expensive cosplay I ever did was the tent doctor cosplay. And when I say yeah. it was expensive, it was expensive for me emotionally because I had to shave my beard. Take your beard off. Yeah. Your arrow cosplay at arcade. That was pretty was cool as well. So yeah. That was rough as balls. That was so rough. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, it was good. It yeah. was really good. Um. One of my all-time favorite cosplays, though, was the Pound Shop Avengers cosplay that we did for ArcadeCon, the group one. <laughs> I ripped that shirt. Yeah. Like Darren so got much. Darren got to do probably the easiest cosplay of the Hulk I've ever seen in my life. Those Hulk hands were just amazing. But like he just wore he wore <laughs> that, his that pink, shirt, though, yeah. pink shirt. I'm telling you, man, that like to hold my stomach in for that long. <laughs> I'm telling you, like you know. And I gotta give a shout out to Keen, uh, Keen, Keen, who made that. This is so long ago, but he made that paper, paper Iron Man yes. hand for yes. me. It was True. the arm piece yeah, with the with the. the he, he made that the the arm hand. I wish I still had it, but I mean, I, yeah. it was it got damaged on on the stage. I it was actually cutting off the circulation because I put it on backwards, but uh, it was my own fault. But he he went to the trouble of making that for me. Literally, I think it was a couple of days to a week before the show. And I mentioned to him in passing that we were going to do Pound Shop Avengers. And I just had that Black Sabbath t-shirt, the Doctor Who wig, and I just combed it a different way. Trimmed yeah. my beard to look like a Stark oh, beard. And that was it was so, so good. Was so and Kim, of course, you were rocking it as the Black Widow and Darren was <laughs> the Hulk. And then, you know, it was just so well put together. We enjoyed ourselves. We had a good time. It was fun. Do you remember I showed up at the show center for Dublin Comic Con, maybe the second one ever? And I forgot my gun holsters. I remember that, yeah. So I was just standing there in swords on a Sunday morning with my arse out. <laughs> it's amazing how much your belt and gun holsters will draw attention away from the fact you're wearing a sheer, like just absolutely nothing at all Flanders style, nothing at all suit. <laughs> and with the goddamn gone, sexy I'm Flanders, like, I'm just, I'm just marching around here with my arse out. And I freaked out, and uh, 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 Doc gave me a gun, and Irene went to this show, yeah, and got me a bill. Yeah, just obsessed. Well, I was panic, panic. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got it. Let's just say I'm not going to be Jessica Negri anytime soon. God bless these people, but I was never so nervous as just standing there with my voluminous arse ah fuck it Kim you, you, you killed it it's all good um, but no like cosplay is a lot of fun and you got to give respect to everyone that even puts any kind of effort into a cosplay I've, I've seen people freak out about like pound shop cosplays they've put together thinking there's something wrong with it there isn't you know, you put your heart and your soul into something, you spend weeks doing it, great, it looks phenomenal. If you decide that you want to do cosplay on the morning, like I saw somebody today on Facebook post in the cosplay group for Dublin Comic Con asking if this level of... What do I do, of, yeah. Like, like will, will I do, will this do as a cosplay? And thankfully the responses from everyone was like, of course it will do. It was like a Joker outfit or something like that. It was the Joker mask yeah, from Death in the Family. Are, cosplayers are such 
enablers, like yeah. they just want you to do it. They want to support you, and they're really amazing. Yeah. Are you even are you, way too influential on me. Like, Wayne, we dressed up for Halloween as people, but I never would have put myself down as a cosplayer, and now I've got a convention coming up, and the idea that I wouldn't be in costume is terrifying to me. That suddenly happened in a few years, like. I still have fond memories of when I dressed when we uh, dressed up as uh, the Fourth Doctor. In fact, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. it was more that I remember people like like because I thought, yeah, okay, this is you know, yeah, whatever. No one's gonna cop that. No one's gonna cop that I'm the, I'm the Fourth Doctor. But yeah, well, at least I I feel like I've I've made an effort. And then I still like I found someone. Well, a couple of people stopped and asked, you know, like, can I take a picture? And I was like screaming like a Cheshire cat, and then like. <laughs> One thing, one, one person had a go, was going around with a little Polaroid uh, camera and uh, they took a picture of me as it. And I found, as I was cleaning up downstairs, I actually found a bag and I was like, what the hell? And that little um, thing was in it. So, like, I think it's, you know, like, regardless of, how, like, how much effort you go into cosplay. And I think one thing is, if you do do it, you will you will enjoy it, you know. And it's, 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 yeah. it is a great feeling, you know. Um like I, like I wish I had to, not, not not the skill I say I wish like I it, my ur, my urge would be to put that much time in it's unfortunately I, I well not unfortunately I like putting the effort into into painting badly but um you know I I do like like when like when people are coming up with their costumes and they're putting stuff up it's it's great to see the teasers yeah. then uh, you know like I wouldn't as you were saying Kim I know some people want to see if it's good and put up the full ensemble uh, whereas I think if it were me I'd wait till the actual convention but I think that's deadly it's like half the fun of going to a con is going oh my god that's Deadpool oh my god Spider-Man oh my I'm god the Terminator you know? fuck I think like let's call a space <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I'm like lads will you just wait will you just wait but uh, yeah no I mean I, and, and as if but the thing about Dublin Comic Con is I feel like I'm trying to rent people and going are you going to be there I'll see you the thing is I will like even though there's 20,000 people at it or some shit over the two days yeah. I will see the people I know I definitely will if I'm there for more than two hours I will see them no matter where they are yeah no, you, you will you, you run Saturday. into people um, Dublin's such a small <laughs> so guaranteed see people yeah definitely um, on, on a kind of a two, two small tangents on this one um Mm-hmm. Dublin City Comics, as of this week. Yes. Um, Dublin City Comics, as of this week. Yeah, very sadly, they found out at very short notice that the landlord of the building that they were renting for their Bolton Street store, um, they were told that the building had been sold and they had no choice but to go because the rent was put up through the roof and they were like, nah, screw this. So they um, had to close down the Bolton Street store, but. The silver lining to all this is they've now relocated everything into the Capel Street store, which is less than a five-minute walk away from that store, the original store. Yeah. Uh, a, lot of fond, a lot of fond memories of the Bolton Street store, though. Um, it's been there for nine years. Um, and R.I.P. the Geek Easy. Yeah, the Geek Easy is now no more. Um, um, we, I was in there. I went in on Saturday night to the lads. Um, we had a late-night gaming session uh, <clears throat> playing Grand Theft Auto till the wee hours. Had a phenomenal time. Uh, sent the place off it, with style um, but they announced as of yesterday that the shop is closed on Bolton Street but everything is moved to the Cable Street store so if you have a standing order with them and it was in the Bolton Street store you can now collect all of that in the Cable Street store I, I was there today actually I bought some of my comics and I brought some uh, high uh, toy predators and 
as much as I will miss Bolton Street because we had loads of fun memories, I still remember when um, the three of us were in there and Kim was uh, kicking ass and uh, transforming a little transformer. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and we took over there. the shop for the day, yeah. Today. Yeah. Uh, but then going into the, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not the new store, but it's, it's. I can see looking into the future. We're, as much, much as the fond memories we have of of the old place, we're going to make new ones in that place. Like I yeah. thought it was, it was cool. It's. It, I will say one. It was the first time ever that I didn't feel like I was in someone's way. <laughs> 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 those you know, usually I'm standing there. It's like, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, the Cable Street store is a beautiful shop, and it's it's so very spacious. Problems. Yeah. And we've recorded we've recorded in there in we the have. past and I, I look when, forward to when they the opened the shop we recorded the pubcast in there with them so um and I have a funny feeling we're gonna record many more in there. I'm sure I still do there's still plans to continue the Geek Easy podcast with Doc. Myself and Doc record a kind of a weekly or bi weekly podcast that goes up on the Road Comics page and uh, kind of outlining, you know, um up and coming releases for comics and what the shop has coming in and then talking shooting shit about other things that we've done. So I mean that's that's not going anywhere either. So the shop isn't going anywhere. It's just that they've had to close down the Bolton Street store. But Dublin City Comics will also be at Dublin Comic Con. They will have their usual central stall that they always have, selling everything that they always sell, and the lads will be there. So definitely make sure you swing by and say hi to them. And um, other tangent to Dublin Comic Con, um, I was off the back of the Troy Baker episode that was released recently that I recorded at um the MCM Comic Con Ireland in the RDS. Um mm-hmm. I got a lot of I got a lot of messages and requests from people asking about other interviews that we've done over the years because a while ago a lot of people that have been listening to us a long long time know this and um, we switched from the Geek Planet Online feed which when Geek Planet Online finished up and uh, we moved our feed over to the Row Comics page um, and I did download a lot of the classic episodes and I have them on file but I never uploaded them again onto the onto the new server. Um, because we were kind of starting afresh and doing some new stuff. But I have had requests from people um, saying, could I re-upload some of the old panels and interviews that we've done? So in the lead-up this week to Dublin Comic Con, we've already uploaded the first one, which is the Kevin Conroy panel from 2017. That's up on the feed. Uh, for the, Then we have the that already now, because this episode is going to go up on the Thursday, we're recording on the Tuesday, it's going up on the Thursday. Uh, on the Wednesday, the next episode of the the D&D installment for session two, part two. The podcast version of that is going up. And then this episode will go up on Thursday. And then on Friday, we're going to have the John Wesley ship panel, uh, The Flash, um, is going to go up as well. Because that was a, such a fun panel to do. So that's going to be up on the Friday, leading into Dublin Comic Con. And then following on from that the following week, I'm going to go through them all and upload some older interviews and panels that we've done over the years um, at these different shows for uh, the listenership that have requested them. So if you if if I have them and if there's any particular one you want to hear and if I do have them downloaded because I didn't download everything, I cherry picked the best ones because I don't have that big of an external hard drive to download nine years worth of podcasts. Because <laughs> yeah. um, we have wow, been, we've been doing this years. since 2010, which is insane. Jesus, nine years. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, no, nine years of podcast. Um, so... Let's see if we make it a 10. Um, I think we, we need to it. go to London together for our 10th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Jesus. Just joshing, just joshing. Um, we so yeah. to Warhammer Worlds as well, you know? We'll all go to Warhammer World and learn how to play. Um, I'll teach us. I'll, I'll, I'm a good teacher. I'll teach us. 
You never know. We might after 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 the D and D thing is done, we may do a session with Warhammer. Who knows? Who knows yeah, where it's going to go? Not? You know, board games. Yeah, we, some great board games. I think we'd have fun. There was a new. One I've got my eyes on. What was the new Warcry board game that came out with the? Uh, 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 it's 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 not right. Uh, they tried to dumb down. Well, not dumb down. Sorry, they tried to make a little small kind of uh, 40k using the models you like, but like quicker. And they did this thing called Kill Team, where you kind of take a handful of models and uh, from whatever army you, you you use and fight and they've been building they've been building on that uh, ever since uh, and then they well we thought what they were doing is they would do the same with the age of sigmar i don't play age of sigmar but jesus some of the armies in that is really cool like it's um but um if you're going to go one or the other go with go with uh, the 40k because giant tanks but yeah uh warcry is what what i thought was it was going to be is pretty much the fantasy version of kill team uh but someone's telling me that no it's kind of like the models that they brought out or you can't customize for shit and the rules are very dumbed down like very boring you don't really do much and that kind of it, it, like that kind of puts me off even more uh, from getting it okay but uh, yeah but again if you're really really big into fantasy and you've never played anything well then this would be kind of like and you really want to play something that doesn't take four hours to play and a lot of time it's a gateway you know, drug is it it's a kind of the, it's, it's an in it's an in into the world it is it's it's, it's a gateway drug Wayne it's a gateway drug <laughs> um, cool but, but having said that Kill Team like as I said it, it, Kill Team is, is sorry the, the 40k equivalent and that's very good but it, it, when it comes down to it people have got so little time these days the older you get the little time you have um, it's like do you want to have a little small game of kill, a couple of mini games of Kill Team or do you want to have a big huge uh, a big huge game where we get to use all the bells and whistles and I always go for the bells and whistles okay. but um, if if you want to play it if you it, it, it's a great way to start I'd say um, uh, like I think to put a, a Wayne was your question answered. I don't know. Um, so <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it was, but we'll see. We'll see how we figure. Like we've got the D and D campaign is going to go on for a while. Uh, I do have a start, middle, and end to it. It's not going to go on for years. It's a start, middle, and end story. So gotcha. but we're only on session three. Is recording on the seventeenth of August. Um, here in Wayne Manor. Um, so um, it's all planned out. We're all ready to go. So yeah, that's coming up. Uh, and it'll be again it'll be up as a video on our YouTube channel the first two episodes are up there now if you want to go check them out and also the podcast version of both of the episodes which is in two parts per episode are up on our podcast podcast feed um, which can be found on Spotify iTunes so on and so forth can you see out there who's making noise because they want to be in this conversation can you see that black shape in the doorway yeah is that a banshee on, uh uh, yeah, it's my dog, and he won't stop whining. We can't hear him, so it's okay. What is happening in here? Well, good, good. We can't hear him, so good. it's he all right. He doesn't have any insights, lads. I won't. I won't lie to you. He has nothing to add. Okay, right. So, yeah. um. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah so stay tuned for more information on other stuff that we have planned coming down the pipe there's a lot happening um and there's there's like you know just stay tuned to the Royal comics webpage as well because that's where all of our stuff goes um and, and make sure if if you are interested in our D D stuff subscribe to the youtube channel leave us a comment check out the episodes we want to hear from you about what you think about it 
And, you know, we're having a lot of fun doing Well, I hope the guys are having a lot of fun doing it. I'm having a lot of fun DMing yes, it. Yes, we are. So, awesome. um, so uh, like I said, first two episodes are up on YouTube. The, it's part of the podcast feed as well. Uh, we'll be uploading more of our old panels that we've done in the past up onto our podcast feed uh, that aren't currently already there. So there's stuff that isn't there that we're just adding back into the feed so people can listen to them again, uh, as well as some classic episodes that we have available to us as well. Um, but this episode is going up on the Thursday before Dublin Comic Con and maybe we'll record an episode soon after that to give you our impressions of how Dublin Comic Con went and other stuff that we're doing as well. So yeah, so I think that's that's a good sign off point. Can't wait to see you! Yeah. And Darren, can't wait to tell you about all the nonsense uh, that happened. And the next time we were recording we'll be in a pub and we'll have points and it'll be good. Beer yeah. good, points good. I will say one thing. Uh, which I don't, I, I, I'm surprised I didn't start with it, but um, for all you that don't know, uh, Event Horizon's coming to uh, Oh, yes. TV. Yeah, it's like it's... Amazon. Another reason to get Amazon, but like, as much as I love that fucking movie, uh, yeah, I, I, it's not a shock that they're, that they're going to make a TV show. I think it would do really, really well, good fair, as a TV no, show. No offense, D-Man, it's a pretty big shock considering that film was made in 1997. Um, I had hope, I've always had you know, hope. I, I, like, you know, have you been hope. holding out that long for the TV show? You know, twi- I was waiting for an Aliens TV show, and I, I say, I say, a year or two, we'll have that as well. Yeah. Whether or not I love that face, whether or not it'll be good or not is another story. Yeah. But I, I, I give it a two years for the Aliens TV show. Okay. Uh, well, look, yeah, I, not, 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 I mean, like in the, in the universe, not actually. Yeah. I, I am, I am excited for the Event Horizons uh, TV series. Hopefully, it expands on what the film was. There was a lot in the movie. There was a lot in that film we didn't get to see because there's an unedited, there's an unedited version of that movie that doesn't exist anymore, but is like a two-and-a-half-hour horror movie. Uh, you get to see all the horrible shit. So maybe we're getting that put back into the TV show. Amazon seems to be killing it at the moment. They've got The Boys. They've got Preacher's ending up. Now, Pe- Preacher split the fan base, but that's finishing up with this season. Um, you, you have uh, Happen Leonard. If you're not watching Happen Leonard, watch that shit. Um um, you also had Good Omens, which was phenomenal. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed Good Omens, and also then coming down the the pipe in Amazon TV with the new Lord of the Rings TV series, which looks really impressive from what the team that they're putting together. Um, there's an advert up on up online from Amazon showing you the writers, that the, the producers, that the the creative teams behind it, the, the effects they're putting together a really impressive team of people, and they they like. So I I I've got hope for the the for the Amazon Lord of the Rings series and where it's going to take the ideas, uh, and now we have the Event Horizon, which is like that's left field. That's that's like if you had said to me at the start of the week, pick a horror movie from the last twenty years that they're going to make into a TV series. Event Horizon would not be on the list for me. No, you know, and I, and I adore no. that movie, but it would not be on the list. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Right, folks, that's an hour and 35 minutes. I think we've, we've worn the ears off people long enough. We're going to sign off here. Uh, thank you so much for listening, folks. Um, this will be up on all of our usual feeds, the Road Comic webpage, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you can find podcasts. Check out our YouTube channel for the Dublin, for the Dungeons & Dragons uh, um, playthrough that we're doing. Um, you'll find us on Twitter. You'll find us on Facebook. You'll find us on Instagram now. We are on Instagram. Um yeah so there's pictures and shit um, so yeah <laughs> folks uh, thanks for listening as always I'm Wayne I'm Kim and I'm Darren until next time folks take it handy and we hopefully we'll see you at Dublin Comic Con this weekend take care guys bye